back to uh the emo social code podcast decade edition uh podcast has been out for two years talking about the last 10 have we Why or has it been out for a year no and you're just perceiving it differently okay oh, connor God. can you on <laughs> on recording talk about your theory about how the days work so i was told the statistic last night 64 <laughs> percent of Info's fresh people, fresh information maybe it's americans i'm not sure what the population surveyed was right 64 percent of Show people <laughs> think think that the decade starts on january 1st uh 2020 mm-hmm. that's when the decade starts for some reason there's other people that think <laughs> otherwise and they think that the decade starts in 2021 because you can't have like a year zero mm-hmm. but like what about the time that happens between zero like day one or second one yeah and oh, no. year one like there's time that happens there and you can't just ignore that yeah because there's not a year zero that's a dumb argument and those 36 percent <laughs> of people are just wrong so, so brian's wrong well yeah. i believe i believe <laughs> yeah, brian you're wrong that i i understand where you're coming from as a measure of time because we measure it on the I'm yearly basis <laughs> I understand that you are measuring time correctly based on expert opinion. Yeah. These are fresh. I've perceived time before. Yeah, yeah, you're perceiving it correctly, it seems. So my only thought is that you're measuring the year on a year basis. So you can't really, you know, measure it down. Like when we write out the date, we're writing day, month, year, and then not like hour, second, you know, all that we're not getting down to the microscopic level. So if there was a year zero, you're still saying it's year zero. Year zeros don't exist because you can't have, you can't have a single year without the time before it. So like right. our one year, like the first year of a decade cannot start until that first second minute hour day happens. So like you, you, to get to that year, you got to have the stuff. So you need to count that year. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yes. That's probably not my best argument for that. <laughs> but like, more than the point is, more than 64% of people need to think that the decade starts. <laughs> trying to get these numbers up. Yeah, Connor okay. has this wild look in his eyes right now about this topic. I didn't like it. Just you're in the majority. <laughs> I know you're winning the argument. I understand that, but like, it he just wants there to be more people on his side. It just, it just doesn't make sense to me. I get, I get, I get it. The way you're explaining it now, it's like, yeah, okay, I understand why everybody's measuring it the way they're measuring it, and Good. I totally am on board with starting the decade in 2020. Good, because if you were still not, I, I I'd don't, leave. I, I, I came in real soft on this issue. I, I was came not in real very, hot. Yeah, you did. Hot you did. Your mind. I was very cold, and also yeah. my opinion was not that set in stone. <laughs> On this topic, <laughs> this is a topic I'm very open-minded to, to, to believe something different. Oh, my God. Um, so, this is uh, not an episode about the passage of time in the capacity of how time actually passes and the mm-hmm. measurement of such passing. This is a t- conversation about music that's been released in the past decade and trying to figure out what are the best albums and are there uh, possibly... 
the best albums of the decade. The so how did we how did we measure it? Did we do personal? Did we do cultural impact? Did we do so, a mix? Bit of a mix. I yeah. definitely thought. Uh, you know, I focus my mostly on emo and the scene that I grew up in and the albums that I listened to over the course of the decade from 2010 to 2019. <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Measure correctly. Yeah, no, um, but both about like yeah, kind boy. of the cultural uh, uh, impact they had. So in, in this case, it'd be probably more on the like emo culture mm-hmm. impact. Uh, and just, you know, how they affected me personally as well, just within that, because I didn't listen to every record over the decade. So these are my personal favorites of the decade. Yeah. Uh, and the impact that I saw from them, both on the culture and myself. How many honorable mentions do you have? A two. lot. Yeah. I have two honorable mentions. So top five in no specific order. And then two honorable mentions. We may have some additional honorable mentions from everybody, and that's also fine. I think I have like yeah. ten or twelve. I have Shit. total or honorable mentions. Cool. I'm gonna add some more then. <laughs> All right. Because that'll make me. Connor walked in here. Is like I have one album of the year. I'm like, you need five. I misread because I misread your text. Yeah. Because you said like five albums of the year and decade. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't know why I read that as one. <laughs> There's no now way that I said it out loud, I have zero reason. I get to... why you're thinking it. It's that, you know, what the measurement of numbers starts at the beginning of the <laughs> sentence. And then when you get to a, after that number and the, the, the things you're counting, then you have to start counting the from zero on that. Yeah. That happens the passage it. of sentence <laughs> happens like this. You swayed me. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> thank, I'm you, wrong. thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Strong opinions. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll probably give a bunch of honorable mentions because there are way too much fucking music too much. out there. Um, and obviously, we're not going to get to all the ones that you're you're probably at home just like, they didn't say my favorite one. Yeah. And I'm like, Kermit the Frog, thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, like us on social media. Um, <laughs> we didn't list your favorite Under Earth album, Kermit. Oh, sorry. sorry. We neither did we. I don't think anybody here listed any Kanye West albums like every other outlet did. Yeah, no, I didn't. That was actually going to be the honorable mention oh, I was shit. about to add. Oh, but it's not on your top five. It's, no, no. Okay. I, there's no, there's there no, go. I didn't rank any of mine also. Okay. I didn't um, either. Unranked. Unranked, unfiltered, no Kanye. Wrong. Except for except no just, Kanye, no Kanye, no Kanye. Except if you like for my Kanye, sorry, this it's not for you. Jesus is a good album, and that was about it. Jesus is a very underrated album. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, that wasn't where the conversation was supposed to start. <laughs> We're just starting there. Um, I will go first again. Unranked. Uh, I will start with. I'm hoping we don't overlap, Lizzie, because I can see us overlapping. Oh, I can no. see a lot of people overlapping with oh. this one. Yeah. Danger Days. Oh, Cr- crickets! Crickets from we the didn't overlap. Two people. Good. Surprisingly, Danger Days, Fabulous Lives, The Killjoys. My Chemical not the, Romance. Not the real name. Iconic. My Chemical Romance. Uh, obviously, their only record that was released within the decade because of well, their. They did have the basically their compilations. Yeah, I didn't, I don't doesn't matter. We don't count. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're we're counting. Yeah, full <laughs> release. We're only new new full music. Release. Yeah. Um, complete yeah, release. Complete release. So, uh, Danger Days was, yeah, their last record. Uh, that, well, I guess technically they did put out Conventional Weapons, so I'm going to yeah, ignore those that were too. EPs, technically. Yeah, technically. So, uh, their last full record before they broke up, uh, now they're back together, Sons of Bitches. This podcast became a lie really it quickly. A, it was a great show. Yeah, but. So, they, uh, <laughs> they sure. released this record, which I saw somebody really point out that, like, 
they were really ahead of their time with like synthy rock, yeah. 80s style, like poppy rock yeah. sort of. And the visuals too. Like yeah. yeah. The fact that they had that whole like Killjoy mm-hmm. like story too. Yeah. But like watching interviews of them like at the time, they're like, there's no cohesive story. We just want to do cool shit. And I was really into David Bowie and, uh, you know, all these other bands that they were into and they're like, I just want to do that. And they did it and they executed very well. Do you remember that show with uh, Mark Hoppus and Amy Schumer on Fuse? I remember what you're talking about. I don't remember the name. It was around for like a year and a half or two years. Um, it was it was around when the album came out. Yeah. And Jared Way said that they wanted to add color. Yeah. To to an album. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you put it's like all colorful. the blues and the yellows and the reds and yeah. the greens. I love the the na 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 music video. I mm-hmm. think it's that one where they're like they got the ray guns. Yeah, and they're yeah. Shooting I mean every every music video they came out with for that album had some type of ray guns. Yeah, yeah. I love that <laughs> aesthetic and all. Yeah, of that. I love I their love characters. The the whole thing. The the album and comic book combination like mm. brilliant yeah but the music i think really took a lot of people by surprise because they just yeah. released this like very anthemic operatic dramatic thing and they're like we're gonna bring it back a little bit but we're also gonna add a lot more fucking keyboards and synths yeah. and do all these like really interesting sort of rocky songs and mm-hmm. not just like this emo thing that we've been associated with so yeah i i would say that's that's one of the best songs of the decade, favorite, not because they're one of my favorite bands, but favorite you know. song, um, "Party Poison" or mm, that's um, a good one. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I think that's the one. Uh, "Bulletproof Heart." Yep. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's also when we did like our cover shows. I was always like, oh, I really want to do fucking "Bulletproof Heart," but yeah, we didn't. It's deep. It's deep. Deep but cut. It is it's, a deep cut. It's such a good fucking yeah. song. Uh, the only hope for me is you is always stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I love the fact they ended the album with the national anthem. Yeah, <laughs> and like, like the like really fucking like intense chord into Vampire Money, which is yeah, yeah, great album, great great fucking album. I don't think any of our listeners are gonna be like, "What? I've never heard that one." I hope not. I That's mean, a new one for me. I remember when it came out because I was in high school and son of a bitch. <laughs> And it begins. I was in high school and my friends and the dude I was seeing at the time, they absolutely hated Danger Days with a passion. And mm-hmm. I loved it. I was like, it's so happy and like, like poppy and like, it's so energetic. Like, I don't understand what you mean. And it was simply because it was no longer dark and brooding. Yep. I mean, it took me a while to get into it. Like, I it definitely a wasn't a people. fan. But yeah. there were a couple songs like, right. I was like, okay, I like those. Yeah. But the overall as a. As an entire like project, it took me a bit yeah. to get into it. It took me a bit too. But then you're like, oh shit, this is so but fucking also good. Also seeing them like seeing them uh on that tour or right before that tour, whatever it was, um, that helped me like it too. Yeah. So I was like, these songs sound awesome live. Yeah. They sound so good. All right, Lizzie. What you All got? Right. Um, this is where we would have overlapped. I think Billie Eilish. When we all fall asleep, where we go. I think Damn. that that is coming in hot. I think that that is a big of the decade, and this of is the from decade. a cultural aspect yep. yeah. mainly because I mean I listen to Billie Eilish, but I don't. I'm not like a huge mega fan in any means, but I feel again because she has been so like genre ripping, mm-hmm. she just is completely thrown out of the window, and there's like almost everybody has listened to her and likes at least one of her songs, at least mm-hmm. one of the singles. And she's just, I mean, she's so young too. Yeah. Like she just turned 18. Mm-hmm. 
the fact that she's been able to do it and then and capture so many people of very age ranges and then be playing also these like very large festivals massive and shows yeah. i think it's incredible just with this one main album alone yeah that's something i've really never seen an artist do mm-hmm. and especially because she was kind of like underground i guess for the most part i yeah. think I, there were kinda, I there were definitely like records people, out yeah, yeah but and i i got into her kind of when everything else was coming but she wasn't out. she wasn't like an ariana grande type thing where she was already like doing stuff right in like tv and media yeah, where she right. just came out of nowhere you're like who the fuck is this and then you're like oh my god this kid knows how to sing and it's a different aesthetic that she's putting on yeah and it's dark but it's poppy yep and it just brings unity across different genres and sectors, which I haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that just that album is like like a really defining album of the decade. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Not on my list, but... That's fair. Yeah. But I would agree with that. I didn't even like think about that one. Um, but... <laughs> Not from that's the fair. cultural aspect. I'll, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll start with the one album that I did have going into <laughs> this. Uh, on the Impossible Past by the Men Singers. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think I think like Rented World was the album that like really pushed them more into definitely into the mainstream. Um, but On the Impossible Past uh, was the first album that I heard from them. Uh, I forget what the MP3 Boo. I think was this <laughs> website that I discovered where you could download whole albums. <laughs> oh. oh boy. Yeah, this was like right, like post LimeWire, mm-hmm. um, but like pre. I need to pay for my music, right. and uh, I like right when I found the website, I just saw this album cover, which it's like a woman's chest. It was a bit yeah. like my eyes were yeah. drawn to it. My so like it, it thirteen had the intended year old boy consequence. Yeah. year old boy eyes, and then it turned out to be one of the, like the greatest albums that I've ever listened to. <laughs> like, and I'd never heard this band, and it was it's so good, um, front to back. It's it's an amazing album, and they actually played not the last time I saw them, but the time before they played the first two songs that like go they go into each other very mm-hmm. well. Um, they played them back to back, like because so I was able to hear how I heard them for the first yeah. time, like live. And that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's it. All right. Okay. Again, not in order. Okay. Selfish machines by pierce the veil. I never was a big pierce the veil fan. So I, Sam? I need to stop dropping these names and then waiting for a reaction. <laughs> like well, I need to just not like, a comedian, can you so keep like, actually well, keep doing I'm it? Doing, I'm not like dropping like You're jokes. Really spicy yeah. takes these aren't punchlines. Yeah, these also I mean, aren't at spicy. The end of the day, it ends up being like Hobo Johnson. That was a punchline. Oh my god, <laughs> we're moving. We're moving on. Uh, so this was their their second album, uh, probably around like 2010, 2011 or so, 2012 maybe. Dates aren't really my thing, as we've talked about time, it already. Yeah, time's not <laughs> the passage well. of time. Um, also, I've lost a lot of memories over the years. So, in your old age, uh, Selfish Machines was their uh, their second record, and it was like kind of where the hardcore genre in like pop punk and all that, like how it was all coming together and Warp Tour and all mm-hmm. that. And they were like four Hispanic guys, four Mexican guys who yeah. were like making this combination of that pop punk, high singing, melodic guitar driven music with like insane guitar solos yeah. 
And it was just like all putting it together in this way where I'm like, holy fuck, this band is incredible and I need to enjoy them for years to come. And I've definitely not done that. But uh, <laughs> the fact this this being that album that just like sort of came at the right time in my life where I was like looking for like new sounds and like getting into the warp tour scene and all that. I had my own band that I was like, I want to do yeah. like these fucking crazy guitar riffs. And uh, yeah, I can't sing as high. I actually share a birthday <laughs> with Vic Fuentes, the singer. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know this band, this definitely was more of a band that hit me, but I do think that like at the time in the warp tour crowd, this was like that album that everybody was like, Holy shit, this is going to be different. Yeah. I would say I didn't put it on my list. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't think you need this. I think everybody knows this record already, but homesick by a day to remember kind of yeah. did the same thing. Like where it just like changed the game for everybody. But this was sort of my, on my end, this was like just the album that came at the right time for me to be like, oh, I want to do this. This is the kind of band I want to listen to more. This is the kind of like music that I think everybody's going to be trying to emulate for years to come. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Lizzie. Uh, 21 Pilots Vessel. Okay. We overlapped. <laughs> oh, oh, we wow. did? Good. Yeah. Good. Right. <laughs> um, I completely forgot that this even was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I had to go back, I'm like, was this even in this decade? But it was, and I mean, you probably agree, it completely changed the landscape of music. Yeah. Because of the, it was basically like, here's Lincoln Park, but more stripped down and more electronic-y. Yep. But it it was a fucking home run. Like almost everyone I know has heard one Twenty One Pilot song. Yep. And at least vibes with something that they have put put out in the last ten years, and. The fact that they're so relevant, obviously, like you have Blurry Facing a Vessel. I think arguably those are way better than the newest one, Trench, 100%. I love Trench, though. But I do feel <laughs> that Vessel, with everything that they have on there, like mm. trees, like in just the way that it blows through the track listing, too, everything is like an impactful song and a statement. Mm-hmm. And it was also brought up to the mainstream, so other people were able to kind of see it and see that this type of music isn't only reserved for certain kids. It can be for anybody. And it's in a poppy way that introduced it easier. And they were able to keep that up with Blurry Face too. But I think Vessel is really, really the best, one of the best of the decade, I feel. Yeah. It changed the whole genre. Like adding... 100%. uh, Screamo, like emo music, adding in synths, adding in like just a drummer and a keyboardist, adding in all these weird instrumentations, adding in like songs that shouldn't fit together to Mm -hmm. make them fit together and rapping over it. Like it's just all these like combinations of all this genre blending stuff. And I think it's like everyone has tried to emulate how genres can blend because there's no creativity in music if you're just doing one genre. So the fact that they were like, fuck it, we're just going to blow the doors off of it. And everybody said, yes, this is awesome. And they went on to like, then have the most viewed like rock music video on YouTube. Like they got a billion views on blurry face. And that's when they were like, Oh shit, we need to put all kinds of money behind this band. It really was like, because it was taking off so much that they had the opportunity to do so much more with it. So I think that like, you have to say that vessel was like the thing that broke genres down like that and then allowed them and a lot of other artists and a lot of other like emo hip-hop acts and a lot of other like weird music stuff to like really break through like that Hmm. yeah so that's our overlap fuck (laughs) 
I uh, have zero com. I never got into Tornado Pilots. Oh man! Like it just I I appreciate their existence. Uh, I saw them at a festival a long time ago, and they did a cover, uh, a ukulele cover of Brown Eyed Girl, hmm. and I was like, "This is great." Yeah, and like I never really listened to it. them. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't know. That, that's my that's my twenty one pilot. Go listen thing. to car radio. It'll it'll hit you. All right. It'll hit you. Right. It'll, it'll, really, it'll break you down. Up. I should listen to it. <laughs> um, my next one is Good Kid, Mad City. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Um, this was on a lot of those like top lists of the yeah. decade. No, I mean I think I it, it should be. It yeah. should be like I think it's a if we were ranking, I think it would easily be my top five of the in top five of the decade. Um. And I don't really have much to say about it. Like, <laughs> I think it's, um, that came out in 2012, I think. Yeah. I just think the, there's only so much that I can say about the experiences that are talked about on yeah. that album. Um, but the way, like, uh, so I have like the deluxe version on vinyl and it says, it says on, it's like a movie. I think it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a movie by Kendrick Martin. Like just listening to it, like listening to the, um, like the voice recordings and things like that. Like it's, it does tell this like really detailed emotional story mm-hmm. of kind of like a day in the life of like being in Compton. Um, and, and like the experiences that those people there go through, um, and navigating it and also like the song like my probably my favorite song in there is real um and just it gets really into like just emotional like introspection of like people that live there Mm -hmm. which like is never talked about right um and like mental health and like reflecting on things like that uh it just goes like very deep and it did that in a time where people like didn't appreciate maybe they didn't i don't know if they didn't appreciate that type of stuff granted i was like I think I was like a when was I? I was like a senior in high school. I think when that came out, and like I didn't I didn't know anything, right? Um, I'm like trying to put that date into my head of like where was I at that time? Yeah. What, what year did it come out? 2012. Um, I graduated high school. Jesus. So yeah, we were you were probably senior too then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, like even a senior in high school, you don't have any perspective yeah. on any, no, we were you have no empathy for anyone ever. <laughs> um, but just hearing that, like I listened to the album a lot in college, like that was always like my study album. Um, and it's, I think it's, a, it's quite a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. 64% or above agree with you. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and what's next? Um, Bring Me the Horizon, Sempaternal. Uh, so this is kind of a similar thought that I had with Vessel for 21 Pilots is like, this was the record where Bring Me the Horizon was like, we're not going to do all screaming. They did a lot of screaming on this record. So it's still very much a metal record before they got too much into like the synth, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and like uh, having those kind of, I'll say levels, like where it's like, oh, really loud and then really quiet. I'm doing the hand motions. So it's like, yeah, you know, on the audio format. Um this was still more of like the metal end and there's a lot of like those same similar genre stuff that they had before, but it was the first time where Ollie started singing and having more melodic parts to it. And I've always felt that bring me the horizon was a melodic band. Uh, mm-hmm. the record they did before this was called, there is a hell believe me. I've seen it, whatever. It's a long title again. Um, and he screamed throughout the entire thing, but there's like 
soft songs on it. Like there's two songs on it that are like quiet, but he's screaming over them. And it felt very like, okay, there is melody to this. There's just the melody is necessarily the vocals. Right. So all you need to do is just take what you're already doing and add singing to it. And so they did that and it's like, oh yeah, fuck, this is this is gonna take you to a whole new level. Right. And obviously yeah. it did. Um semp, uh, the the main song is also uh the main single was Shadow Moses, which is a Metal Gear Solid reference. So I was like, Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and then I realized like, oh wait, they actually took a sample of the opening song for the Metal Gear Solid video game and put oh, it really? as a sample in the song. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh Can You Feel My Heart is the opening track, which is like just a straight up like edgy synth line that like is so good and it's like mm-hmm. sort of this like weird like edm song but you're listening to a metal track so it's i don't know this was uh, like like with vessel it's just like it it really changed that genre again mm-hmm. of like we can do this synthy stuff and be a metal band and be on warp tour and be on festivals and be on all this stuff and it sort of opened the doors for a lot of bands to come after them and open them to like change their sound even more on their next yeah. two records yeah simp eternal so you say that kind of like opened the floodgates for, that, for yeah. them. That was their like, like pivot point. Yeah. Like where you could say, okay, we are going from this as what we've been up until this point, which people obviously very much like. Uh, but now we're going to change it to this singing part and now we're going to add more synths and now we're going to add more mm-hmm. of this. They yep. had synths on There Is A Hell, but it's like now, I mean, actually There Is A Hell was uh, partially produced by Skrillex. <laughs> Nice. Before oh. he was like Skrillex, like he produced like a couple like tracks for them. So then it was like, Ooh. okay, we're gonna lean more into like EDM. They added their keyboardist, like they had all this stuff like that they were like preparing for this major change mm-hmm. into the future. So yeah, this was just their point where it like really turned everything around for them. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm going right through saying it and not waiting for a response. Proud of you. <laughs> Um, I would say um, one of mine is Against Me, Transgender, Dysmorphia mm-hmm. Blues. Um, this is what around the time that like Laura Jane Grace kind of moreover came out as a transgender person and it kind of set more of a public commentary mm-hmm. on it. And she was very open and she still is very open and talks about it a mm-hmm. lot. And I feel like this entire album is basically like her memoir about mm-hmm. going through the motions and like getting to the point where she's like, this is something I need to do. This is what I am and who I yeah. need to be. Mm-hmm. And I just think again, culturally impactful because now as even though now as a society, we are still trying to fight for transgender rights and be more open and accepting of it. I think that really put it in the public eye because around that time when it came out, I started seeing against me more mm-hmm. in like public media. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the very first instances that I started seeing our like punk scene more in like outside of it and like yeah. it was getting yeah. the attention and even people who are like i don't listen to that music were like oh i'll listen to this album though because mm-hmm. I, I understand and i feel it yeah and i just think it was a really great impactful album and i think it stands still like very, oh that album's great very yeah. yeah i'm going through the track list right now and yeah there's some there's some great songs on here um that's that's an interesting point about how people that may have not listened to this music in the past, it we've talked a lot about like genre crossing and mm-hmm. appealing to different audiences in both like this conversation and the last one, um, but there's really like no end to what like avenue people could get in to listen to an artist, right? Like whether it's for like political reasons or whether it's for like you know personal experiences like this one or or you know trials and tribulations things like that yeah Yeah. i like that 
Um, what's my next one? Uh, this one is oh yeah. Uh, sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit by Courtney Barnett. Oh, um, that's a good one. Yeah, it was it was difficult for me to pick that one versus. Um, it's technically a double EP. Was her first release? What was the name of that one? Um, it's like a sea of sea of peas. A sea of split peas. There it is. A sea of peas. Yeah. (laughs) The letter P. That's just letters. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, that, that both of those albums are great. Um, probably the main reason that I went with that one is it has the song on there called small poppies, which Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with it, please listen to it. Um, it's her (laughs) best live album or live song. Um, the song it's it rips it rips i don't know what to say <laughs> like it's slow and then it gets loud and i'm a sucker for those songs yeah um but this album is much more upbeat than her double her wp before that um but it has like i mean she's an amazing storyteller like she's like bob dylan in that sense like she's a very good storyteller i'm um, in her lyrics but this one, like, you kind of get into, like, another level of her world. Like, she has this song there called Depreston, which is about, like, her and her partner at the time, I think. Like, they were looking to buy a house, and it was, like, they visited this house, and it was, like, clearly, like, the people there got too old. Like, they don't live there. Like, they're probably not alive. And, like, going through this house of, like, thinking about, like, what was their life like before that? Because you're seeing, you see, like, mm. old war pictures. You see, like, the handrail in the shower because they were old. And, like... Huh. Just thinking about it from like a home buyer, but like, what was this life before then? Like, that's the type of stuff she sings about, um, and it's awesome. <laughs> Imagine yeah. like actually doing that and just being like, "Oh, I remember I song about this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, that and that album, that album's great. It's great. Cool. Next one. I had to put a Panic of the Disco album on here. Oh man, that, that's what I struggled with too. But which one did you pick? Too weird to live. Too rare to die. Nope. Sorry. I mean, jeez. <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah. Well. I mean, I, I liked it, but time I starts in year one. Then <laughs> you can only you can only disagree with me about one thing at a time. Are you sure about this? Yeah. It's called spinning disagreement plates. If you start another another one, one other one falls. Listen, I like that album, but I I don't pers- I wouldn't personally put it on a I I think my a lot of my reasonings are going to be like, you know, the, the part of the decade where things changed from there, because after this was put out or after this started, like there was only what happened because of it. Um, too weird to live was the album where it was first just Brennan Urie and it was all written by Brennan Urie and all Mm -hmm. created by him. And I don't think necessarily that like, I don't think any of the, the, the records that have been released within this last decade were like, every song was a banger. I think that there's like definitely this really strong songs, even on like, uh, the most recent one, uh, pray for the wicked. It's like, yeah, but like, it's a pop record. And that was where he was leading up to by making too weird to, what is it? Too many fucking words, (laughs) too weird to live. And it's also like the quote is like always like misdone because everybody fucks it up. So it's like, yes, the Hunter S Thompson Vegas, (laughs) uh, uh, goddamn reference that everybody gets wrong um except for uh avenge sevenfold when they released backcountry yikes <laughs> actually i think they i think they were the ones that got it wrong first 
because they like fucked it up. Um, anyway, it. so this bring me this uh, uh, Panic of the Disco album that is a complete reference of Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many words. There's so many words involved in this. So um, yeah, the 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 main thing I thought about this one is it's it's Brennan Yuri as the the showrunner. He can create whatever he wants. He's putting out songs that he wants to make. He's trying different genres. He's trying different things with it. But like you cannot tell me that this is gospel is not one of the greatest songs released in the last decade. That to me is like one of the top songs released of all time for me personally. So like, yeah, I, I, I chose this one probably because of that, because I thought that that song and like a lot of songs on it are stronger than the best songs on the other records. Um, yeah, I think it just became really like poppy and different from there. And I kind of, like this record because it keeps that transition between vices and virtues and going that popular route mm-hmm. and keeping it like old panic but i'm like yeah this is this is that turning point this would be my panic of the decade and i have to put it on there because they're one of my favorite bands and i'm like i'm not gonna not i'm not gonna shortchange panic and be like no you didn't have a top album of the decade that'd be doing them wrong i mean i believe they would have a top album of the decade if they were in my six but it's not that album it's fine mm. <laughs> I'm fine that they made it to our list, <laughs> but with different records. Fine. You know what, Brendan, if you're out there, Hit us up. you made I know you're it. listening. You made it. Hit us up, your friend of the pod. I know you're on Twitch just checking out what people say about you. Yeah. Oh. We should also be on Twitch. <laughs> what are we doing? Stop. Um, so one of my other ones is a newerish band, um, Idols, Joy as an Act of Resistance. It's, um, they're... They played on the festival circuit the last like year and a half, mm-hmm. and they're it's it's punk. It's like one two fuck you punk, but again it incorporates the garage thrash metal that the indie kids like. So they kind of infiltrate into there, and like people really like them, but and their music is political. Mm-hmm. Like they talk mm-hmm. about like immigration issues. They talk about gay marriage and being gay and like hate crimes and everything like that, and they talk about like fascism and you know <laughs> politics, Good. and. I think that the fact that it got as popular and they played so many festivals as they did the last couple of years. I mean, they played Lala this past year. Mm. And oh, yeah. That was who you were going in, yeah, the, that's who in the, the, main, the pit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, that's where you hurt yourself. <laughs> I hurt myself a lot that weekend. <laughs> but I really feel that they are a band. I feel like that... It's, it sucks to say. I feel like that might be their like one main album that was really like, yes, mm-hmm. this is who they are. And mm-hmm. I think the next preceding albums they might kind of fade a little bit mm-hmm. unless you like really really like them. But it made a lot of politics talk, like uncensored politics talk, a little bit more popular amongst like the general public. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's important because I sure. mean, in the yeah. punk music scene, like we obviously hear it all the time. It's nothing new, but. To people who only listen to like you know mainstream like radio, you, you're not gonna hear it. Yeah, but right. If you're, but if you're waiting for some other rapper that I don't know who the fuck it was who was after Idols, and you hear Idols and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you heard it. Yeah, and I think that's equally as impactful, mm-hmm. especially throughout this entire decade. We've seen so much shit hit the fan, and it's like, what do you mean? We're still angry. <laughs> well, we're still here. I'm completely we're still oblivious. raging. So that's. <laughs> That's where I feel like it is a good album of the decade. It seems yeah. like you did a lot of cultural impact stuff. Yeah. That's my biggest thing. Because I was thinking about, well, these are like, you know, bands I like. But I was like, if I did that, it would just be kind of pigeonholed to like 
the same fucking albums that I listen to every single yeah. year on my yeah, Spotify rap. Exactly. And then I was looking at other people's, like, you know, their top five for the albums of the decade. I'm like, I could see this, but I don't know enough about it, or I don't feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was trying to mix both together a lot, but I feel for an album of the decade, it has to be more of, like, a cultural significant impact rather than, like, a personal. Because I could just fucking be like, I love Danger Days and that's it. You know, done. That's literally what I did. Yeah. I know, but, like, I could have done that and I didn't. Lizzie, that's uh, what I did. Sorry, it's a great fucking album. How dare you? I could have stooped to your level, but I didn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> I did almost kill someone during Vampire Money when they played it, though. Good. It they don't great. deserve to live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's my next album. Um, oh Summertime 06 by Vince Staples. Okay. I have a, there's a lot, rereading this stuff, there's a lot of like hip hop and rap on here. Um, Summertime 06, so Vince Staples. Um, I, f- talking about kind of like impact stuff, because again, like I cannot relate to like any of the stuff that he talks about. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it was very reminiscent of like, of just West Coast rap. Um, think like Snoop Dogg in that, like in the, in the nineties. Um, and at least in my experience as like a casual, like hip hop and rap fan, like I haven't, I never, uh, I wasn't seeing like a lot of big artists from like, from that kind of era or that scene, like getting big, Mm -hmm. um, anymore. And Vince Stables did that. Um, like talking about like growing up in Long Beach, um, in this not great area of Ramona Park, uh, and similar thing to Good Kid, Mad City, right? Like Summertime 06 is a double album. Like there's 22 songs, damn. I think. Damn. Um, and that was his, I think that was like his first like real release. Damn. Uh, the first album I'll call it, uh, to me is significantly better than the second. Um, the A sides are better than the B sides. But um, it's like you're just immersed in this world, and it's so good. Yeah, I just I think I've been noticing like how we talk about these albums. Yeah, and I think especially for like maybe it's for like cultures that I'm not in or I may just not know about. Like if I can get immersed in one like yeah. through music, that's like massively impactful yeah. for me. Yeah, no, the way that you were describing it, I'm like, yeah. I would listen to these types of things because I mean, obviously I've never grew up in any of those situations or mm. scenarios. So I haven't been, I don't listen to it because I'm like, I'm not going to have the same impact. It's not going to have the same impact on me as it does for somebody else who's right. experienced something similar, nor am I going to have the same emotional feelings or sure. connections. Right. But if you're saying you're like this is telling a story whether or not yeah, you feel like, it, like the emotional connection to it is like there's a story to it to mm-hmm. be told yeah and yeah it's just you're listening to the stories like of these rappers um and i mean that's like where a lot of hip-hop came from right it's like they're just they're telling stories of their daily lives um and I'll, you get a lot of that through through summertime 06 i should my next album is also kind of like a hip-hop album but uh <laughs> I like it for a different reason, but I can wait on that. Okay. Yeah. So my fifth one, uh, which I will bump in here because of Lizzie taking Vessel, even though it was going to be my honorable mentions, which also means I have no honorable mentions now. Oh, no. No Ani mentions. Um, A brief inquiry into online relationship. Fucking knew it. From the 1975. Fucking knew it. I, it just, 
Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I have, I have never heard. I've never heard, listened to this album. I just. It's a good want, album. It's a good be, album. Yeah. I just wanted to be critical. It's just being an idiot. It seems like. <laughs> Guys, it's actually Hobo Johnson. Get the fuck out of your own house. You um, live here now. Oh my god, that's how you lose property. Um, Squatters' rights. Yeah. So obviously, I just started listening in 1975 this past year because I went and saw their show. But I thought about like this record, like as a whole, and like how I used to consume music and how the bands I liked, like you know that what what did i look for in an album what did i look for in a band when they were writing a cohesive piece of music all put together into mm-hmm. one thing and that's why i think a lot of artists are moving away from albums is because it's hard to do that and to make it mean anything it's kind of just putting out a bunch of songs in in a collection and saying okay here you go enjoy yeah. but like they don't have that cohesive thing like what you're saying is like these are all telling a story and these are all part of like a songwriting process as opposed to just like, oh, I wrote this cool track out. Yeah. Like, there it is. Um, so when listening to this record, I was like, yeah, you're doing something here where it's like commentary on all of these things that are happening around us. And uh, songs about like America from a band from England was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a couple songs that are very much just like a critique of like politics and media and what's happening in those. There's like what's happening with like kids shooting each other in America and like, why is this happening? And that's not, it, it just doesn't make any sense to an outsider. Like why you're allowing this to continue going on that's and like, like kind of like culminating all of these different like topics that they're seeing and giving it to us for an internet age that we know doesn't listen to albums in full. Yeah. Like kind of commenting on like, this is how we aren't listening to things anymore. We are always going to, I think they've said this, that we are always going to be an album band. Like it's even, they're like, we're releasing another album a year later, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, just, we are always going to be an album band. We're always going to put out this kind of a product. And you can hear it when you actually make an album that is supposed to be one cohesive thing together. And how that mm-hmm. sounds different from like just a bunch of singles thrown out because you need to have Spotify plays. So that would, yeah. I would say that like this for me is like, it's it's kind of newer. It's obviously 2018 and not the other ones, which were early 2000, 2010s. But I think that this just like really pulls together like the artistic expression of where we're going in the future for like a lot of bands are going to rip off this idea that you can just throw a bunch of different genres at the wall. You can create whatever you want and you can make a cohesive album still, even though a lot of people don't want to do it. Yeah. And also it goes along with the line of thinking that like genres don't really exist anymore. Yeah. Like it's there's just a, it's there's all a jazz blended. song on this record. Great. It's, good. And it's there should, there should really be. good. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I heard that before I heard a lot of the other songs on the record and I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing here. And then you hear it in context and you're like, fuck, this is brilliant. Like this is really good. Yeah. And that's what I like a lot too. Like I listen to just a lot of like whole albums. Yeah. Um, because I, I like looking at like, what is this cohesive project? That yeah. Well, and you can create an album and it, it's just, it's not a cohesive project. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but I like getting that kind of like full view right. of what what's the what was the artist's purpose for this or like what was their thinking or their emotions behind it. Um, yeah, and it could be a smattering of genres <laughs> like that could be the output and that's okay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really to point out like where we can go. I know even Bring Me the Horizon has said I don't think we're going to put out another album. I think we're going to put out EPs. We're going to put out a weird, mostly instrumental, mm-hmm. dumb 
shitty thing at the end. And that's of the a year. similar line of thinking, right? It's yeah. like like we're gonna be just an album band, like or we're just gonna be just an EP thing. Like yeah. they're conceptually kind of the same thing. Like right. we're gonna we're gonna package up our work in different ways, but we're gonna package it nonetheless. Yeah, you know exactly. How do you create something for your for your music in the package that makes sense for your music, mm-hmm. not creating music just to then put it out on an album if it right. doesn't make sense. Right. To put it out in a way where your audience is going to understand what you're trying to tell with it, which I, I do think it makes for better music to yeah. have that well, cohesive also, to idea. Be, to be fair, these bands are also at the level where they could just do that. Oh, yeah. Right. It's their like, job. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they can do that and they have the massive fan base. Um, but for, for small artists, they, yeah. they definitely that's a, a conflicting idea. I mean, you can, it's just that artists tend to believe or, or people tend to believe that you are one dimensional. If you create a yeah. pop punk record, you're a pop punk band, yeah. which isn't necessarily the case. If you listen to everything across all genres. Right. So it's like, you don't have to be one dimensional when you begin. It's just going to be a lot harder to get to the next phase of it. If you're like, yeah, nobody can really grasp what we are. But when you're on like a higher level, you're like, yeah, we can do whatever we want with genres because who cares? We already, we already have this establishment. Yeah. So it's uh it's a little newer than I thought I'd go, but I'm going to go with, yeah. All right. 1975. Cause it was a I know no one should be surprised. It's, I'm absolutely not surprised. I've become like so obsessed with that band <laughs> in like such a short period of time. He's like a teenage fan girl. It's insane. It, it's just like never, I never thought any band like at this time in my life when I'm just like grouchy about everything, whatever, like make me go, Oh shit. I love everything about you. <laughs> mm, let me smell your hair. It's okay, like, let's no, not do I, that. I never thought I'd get yeah, to that point. Right I'm so happy for you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being, uh, thank you guys for being here for, yeah, of course, of course for my, <laughs> for my times. All right, Lizzie. What's your what's your fifth one? Uh, Paramore's after laughter. Yep. I saw that coming. Is that on yours too? No, it wasn't. Oh, oh I thought um, you were saying you overlap. No, that would definitely be in an honorable mention for me. Um, but like, I knew you were gonna have that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love Paramore, but again, it's still. I don't think I could listen to this album personally, like really vibe with it for another five to seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, when I am in my thirties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, say it again. I don't think any I don't think I heard you well enough with my ears going in my old age. You got your ear in there? Just keep keep talking about the damn album. Um, <laughs> the sad eighties dance party. Yeah. That's what it is. And I mean I you everyone knows I don't like eighties music whatsoever, other than the cure, really. Well you weren't there, so you I know. wasn't out there. I absolutely was not there. Um <laughs> I, I miss the cocaine field parties. I'm so sorry everyone. Yeah. But I think it Again, it made them like a pop band mm-hmm. in a way. And it made people really, really like see like, oh my God, Paramore fucking hits. It's like, this is what we've been trying to tell you people for years. <laughs> I think it also made Listen. a lot of people like uncomfortable too. They're just mm-hmm. like, I don't want Paramore I don't to want... be this. Yeah. But I think to me, it's the same band. It really yeah. is. You know, yeah. like lyrically, it's the same. Like, you know, she's writing about like the divorce and she's writing yeah. about like mm-hmm. this relationship that she went through and, and a lot of other stuff. And that's similar to like, like what everybody else that we right. listened yeah. to in the past. It's just adults because yeah. I mean, Adult I have not, gone through, yeah. I yeah. have not personally gone through a divorce, so I can't vibe with it too much. But I mean, I still vibe with everything that she has. I'm like riot because that's like the closest thing that I have. Mm-hmm. But I feel with a lot of people, they were like, yes, like, this is the vibe I'm going for. And I think it introduced, like, it introduced a lot of people 
to the happy music, happy music, sad lyrics. Yeah, to like it's my the favorite media type sphere. of music. Yeah, and I think it opened it opened <laughs> yes. it up for. Is, is a there lot another of type of music? Yeah. <laughs> it opened it up for a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it made it more. Uh, I think easy for other bands and artists to come out and do similar things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even remember reading like this year and a year ago, there were articles about why is pop music so sad now? And I think, I think the Paramore economy. was a big, well, there's that. Yeah. There's that. The, <laughs> economy, the economy, everything's going to shit. But I also think it's because Paramore jumped out with it and was like, we are traditionally an emo band, but guess what? Yeah. Like we're gonna do this in a different format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all gonna love it, which everybody fucking. <laughs> you did. are all gonna <laughs> love it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like love it. when I, even when I saw them at Riot Fest when we played Riot Fest, mm-hmm. which was completely oh, insane. That was so cool. Yeah. There were I couldn't tell you this. This is what personally irks me as like somebody who's liked Paramore since they started. Was that there are so many people there were like I like Brand New Eyes and After Laughter. But if you were to be like, you know, what's your favorite song off Riot or All We Know? They're like, I don't know what those albums are. And it was like, what are you talking about? So you're one of those those fans. Yes. You're like, hey, you got to know their whole discography. It. I don't fucking deny it. If somebody came up to that's me. that's okay. If someone came up to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I don't and they care. asked me my favorite. Like, okay, if somebody came up to me and said, what's your favorite My Chem song? I would say, kill all your friends. And if they're like, what's that? I'd be like, well, yeah, I asked you what your favorite go. song was. Jeez. <laughs> I like to go. <laughs> and you know, the same thing with Fall Boy. Be like, oh, I love. to murder you guys. Like I'd be like, I love evening out with your girlfriend. I love taking this to your grade. I'd be like, what's that? And I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that type of person. I get you. <laughs> no, I think that's fair. I think every every fan is like that yeah. with certain artists, right? Like, I I'm definitely that way um, with some bands. But I think most of the time it's just like whatever you. It, it's like it's like getting um, it's like different like world issues or societal issues, yeah. right? Like you, everyone can't get mad at everything all the time, or right. you can't care about every topic all the you time. Because like, if you know, do, you drive yourself insane. Right. You can't know to like the extent of like certain things. Like you can't know the entire history of right. one thing, right. and then everything that's happening with everything else. There's no way. right. You yeah. can't know all music at all times and also have an opinion about it too. Like, you know, I can know the entire discography of some band, but I could just be like, yeah, I know about it. It exists. But <laughs> yeah. people are like, you don't care about it? I'm like, uh, I don't know. But I I'll, it'll be there if I ever want to listen to it. Yeah. That's the thing about music. It's, it's just, always, it's there. It's always there. Especially now. Especially now. Yeah. Okay. Harder with LimeWire, but easier now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the, your memoir. Harder with LimeWire, but easier now. <laughs> <laughs> song title yeah how i use limewire to succeed in my future so, so i i switched up um i switched this up because i realized i forgot an album that needs oh that needs to be in my top needs. five okay um schmaltz by spanish love songs oh yes yeah. that's yes. album of the decade it's album of the decade that's a really why. i mean listen Ryan. it's good it's really good spanish love song hits okay, nobody well, has listened to spanish love nothing songs. convinces Please me more than someone listen. yelling at me that it's really good okay you gave me a face <laughs> that was not I'm it waiting, was like what i'm yeah. really waiting for connor and Ryan to just get up and then fight each other like yeah. in the middle no. of this room after another spicy take i no. swear to god so here's, a, here's the deal about spanish stuff. love songs um there's this there's this band from LA, um, and they this is back when I had Apple Music, like a year and a half, two years ago. Um, I know, gross. Um, and they showed up in my 
They showed up in my like weekly Discover Weekly equivalent mm-hmm. playlist, um, and I was like, "Oh, this song is the greatest song I've ever listened to." <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, just hands down. And so uh, I looked them up. They had at the time they had like 250 Twitter followers. They had like maybe a thousand monthly listeners on Spotify, and I was like, "Yep, this is gonna be the band that I like." Because every I think every like music fan wants a band that they can see go from the beginning, yeah. yeah. And they want and they like want nothing but for everyone they know to listen to that band, yeah. Right? This is that band for me, <laughs> and like, uh, it's even gone as far as like. So like my girlfriend knows about my obsession with this band. Like I'm, I, I'm, I was wearing a jacket with them. Okay, here. yeah. <laughs> um, and she, we. This is like the third time I'd seen them or something. And then she like went up to their singer after the show, and I found out later that she was organizing like a happy birthday video. So like the singer and uh, their uh, keyboard player, they like wish me happy birthday. So I like have the video on my phone. That's so um, cute. And they the lead singer Dylan was like, "Oh, it's for that guy, definitely." Like, <laughs> oh, like, you're that guy. Yeah. Well, because like because like I tweet about them. Like yeah. I like I'll, I'll talk to them at their merch table and things like that. I think I've kind of toned it down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I had I have to include that album in there because it's like they i think they are that band for me that i like i want to see them go do big things yeah yeah all right they're called spanish love songs brian don't you now great no i just had no idea who they were we're gonna go see them next time they're here my face was saying w-o-t to you (laughs) (laughs) no you'll 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 like them cool yeah uh, we should put together a Spotify playlist of all these too. No, I yeah. believe like a song, a song from every album or something like that. Definitely, yeah. Um, let's get in some honor, honorable, honor, honor, honorable mentions. I'll uh, I'll list mine off. Yeah, you go for it because I don't have any anymore. Um, that's not, that's a fair point. Um, so what I so what just got bumped down to honorable mention is Malibu by Anderson Pack. Um, he he was in the game for a long time before this album came out. Like he was doing music for like ten plus years, doing stuff for a lot of artists, um, putting in. He was an oh, he was what you think of as an overnight success, mm-hmm. but behind the curtain, there's 10, 15 years of work. Yeah, um, Malibu put him into the limelight, uh, and it's an amazing album. Hmm. Uh, I'll just list the rest off. Uh, this is happening by LCD Sound System, which mm-hmm. I was yeah. surprised. I thought it came out pre yeah, 2010. Yeah, I would think. No, I would it think came that's out earlier. in 2010. Um, An Awesome Wave by Alt J. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Right? Um, Sylvan Esso's self titled album is amazing. Uh, because the Internet by Childish Gambino. Yeah. Um, and I purposely. Shit, that's me on my honorable yeah, yeah, mentions. Yeah. Um, I purposely left this one last in my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Okay. Kanye West. <laughs> well, at least it's on your honorable mention because I read at least three different. Like from major websites, mm-hmm. like decade albums, and every single one had my beautiful dark twisted fantasy yeah. as their number one. No, just stop. Like you're pandering. You're yeah. Pandering. Oh no, big yeah. time. Because I was reading it, I'm like, okay, so these like top every from like top two to ten. I was like, okay, these are different. Mm-hmm. Like there were some similarities. I'm like okay, and then it was like Kanye. I'm like I don't know where this came from, but all of you seem to be like you know, walkie-talkie to like, we gotta do this. Like, one. we have to put Kanye in because we're putting a, th- a list about music. So Kanye, Kanye, needs not to Kanye has to be list. there regardless of the fact that, like, everything <laughs> is a trash list. fire. Yeah. 
don't know. It is it is my favorite album of his. That's fair. To for, you know, for for me personally, it is my it is my favorite album of his. Um, but I, it's not a top five of the decade for me. It's not. It's just not. So get out of here. Not. Get out of here, Pitchfork. Get out of here. Get out of here. Billboard. Get out of here, Billboard. Rolling get Stones. out of here, Billboard. Rolling uh, Stones, even? Yeah, yeah. Get out of here, Rolling Stone. Like, <laughs> get out of here. That's fine. This is this is Emo Social Club. Damn yeah. it. Damn yeah, it. we have the right opinions. <laughs> yeah. About time non, and space. Non-biased Emo opinions. Yeah. I was actually reading and going through Pitchforks, and they put the Hot Leaders album on there as, like, number... Yeah like 45 or something i was like okay and in the, the beginning of their uh sentence lead forward is their reasoning why mm-hmm. the album is there which has really bugged me that's why i'm so surprised that they're taking on emo music they're like even though this is an emo album it's good basically is what it said whoa and that's really Close tells tab. me how whoa. pitchfork has viewed the emo genre for god knows how mm-hmm. many years but now they're picking up on these newer bands and it's like, now I really see that you're really trying to do a money grab here. Yeah. But you still have the pretentiousness. Because well, even, they'll always have that. Oh, yeah, but the, I mean, even in their most recent their reviews, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they did a, re- a review, this is air quotes, of, um, I think it was Three Cheers mm-hmm. by MCR. And it was like, this album is great, and it's nostalgic. And it wasn't really a review, it was just like a commentary of the album, because it came back. But it was still even like, for an emo band... I'm like, no. There's always that qualifier. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like for Pitchfork, it makes me very irritated because it's like, we don't do that when we talk about like indie music per se necessarily. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, this hits. Yeah. Sick. I mean, same thing with like rap music too. It's like, oh, if I hear it and it hits, like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. And like, if I'm writing a music review, I'm not going to be like, oh, for an indie garage psych rock band, they're okay. Well, if they're going to do that, at least back it up. Right. Which, I mean, to be fair, I think Pitchfork's album reviews are generally, they're well-written. They are well-written. They are critical, which is something that I haven't seen yeah. recently. They with do a seem lot to, like, back reviews. up their arguments. Right. Their, but their writers I, are good. I do feel like there's so much, like, heavy bias that they do put into it. Yeah. But I think if at a certain point they do it because I think their main audience expects it. Yeah, I mean, their, their review of Chance's um, album, like, latest album was so well written like it was critical <laughs> oh i think everyone was critical about the latest chance album yeah no i mean they kind of roasted it but like it i read the whole thing i was like yep 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 that's right that's a great analysis like <laughs> it, it was true like you know the whole thing was true hmm. yeah i didn't listen to or read that article <laughs> so i don't I know mean, anything about the chance one song that he did with ben gilbert is arguably the only good song off of that entire record <laughs> i mean that's just not true yeah okay <laughs> Uh, Lizzie, do you have all of your honor? Ani- I do my Anis. Your Anis. Okay, so I moved oh this. I moved this one down um, because now that I really thought about it, I was like, mm, I think that I could swap this out. Um, but Ways Blood's Titanic Rising. It's a new album that came out this year, um, but it's just one chick, and it sounds like you're listening to a movie soundtrack, like which each is a single song. Hmm. It's like very dreamy. Okay. And it's like dream pop, but I mean, she's also sold out like almost every single Chicago show she's had here. What's her name? It's Titanic Rising. Well, sorry, uh, Wade's Blood. W-E-Y-E-S Blood. Okay. I've heard nothing but good things. I listen <laughs> to the album. Everyone in my office who are like self-proclaimed indie kids are like, this is, she's so good. Up. I think you're going to like her. And I'm like, it takes a lot for them to actually like give me music suggestions that aren't yeah. in my realm. So yeah. I get, took a chance on it and it was actually 
really good. Um, some of the mm. other ones are uh, Downtown Boys, uh, Communism Falls. They are a POC uh, punk band. They played at Riot Fest a few years ago. Oh yeah, I could, I could picture the name on the bill. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, I've seen that before. Yeah, like that's on the flyer. Yeah, yeah I've seen it on the flyer. They were uh, super outspoken about you know just like immigrant rights, mm-hmm. uh, queer rights, very political, just very mm-hmm. in your face, cool. traditional punk political that it got pretty popular actually. Mm-hmm. So again, I really like that. Um, one of my personal ones is Pilot by Hot Mulligan because I love Hot Mulligan. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. their first debut album. Yes. They had a lot of EPs, but they've had a lot of traction recently. And they're like, the fact that I was like, they're going to play Riot Fest like this, like this past year or the next year because they just have gotten so yeah. big so quick. Twitter has been good to them. Oh, yeah. Twitter yeah. has just not verified them. That's the only it's thing so about sad. it. I had to do that. <laughs> I had to do it. I do to love them. them like, I had to do it to them. Talking about it. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's like other bands have kind of gone in on the joke too. Yeah, yeah. they got verified themselves and they're like, well, but not Hot Mulligan. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, this should verify Hot Mulligan speaking into existence. Um, my other one is uh, Clean by Soccer Mommy. Nice. Again, very like oh, angst-driven, but soft and mellow. So it kind of brings everyone together with it. Um, <laughs> brings everybody it's together. It's fun for the whole family. It's fun for the whole family. You all get depressed <laughs> together. Love it. Uh, 1975, I like it when you sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was also a big, like, this is what people want to hear. It genre blends yeah. and everyone's going to love it, which they did. Yeah, they did. They did. They did indeed. They did. They did. I did. Yeah, we know I you did. did. I did we this year. You did. Yeah. My Spotify knows I did. <laughs> uh, my other one's uh, Parquet Courts, Sunday yes. Animal. I love Parquet Courts. Oh, wow. I completely neglected them. That's so tragic on your <laughs> end. I love Parquet Courts. Parquet Courts is just like... No, Light Up Gold's better. No, I mean, that one's objectively better, um, but uh, Sunbathing Animal. I think popularity-wise, like among the masses, I think it got people. I would say that Sunbathing Animal is more like dissonant and like less poppy than like Light Up Gold. Didn't they also, didn't they combine like Content Nausea, which was even did. more like weird and dissonant? No, yeah, that was. Um, Sunbathing Animal, oh, what's that? There's a couple songs on there. Oh, man. Don't don't get me started on Parquet Courts. Oh man! Don't get me started on the Parquet Courts. Their latest oh, no. album too is great. Oh no, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, why? Why? Always back in town. Ducking. Oh, ducking and dodging was awesome. When I saw them uh, play at Pitchfork a while back, uh, they played ducking and dodging, and it was it was so good. Uh, Bodies made of. Dia Ramona. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. See. See. I still I still think Light Up Gold is better, but. That's a great album. <laughs> uh, it's worthy of an Ani Menchi. An Ani Menchi. <laughs> one of my other ones is uh, Car Seat Headrests, Teens of Denial. Yeah. I love yeah, Car Seat Headrests. Even though Car Seat Headrests, like, at a minimum, their songs are start at like four minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. But this is, I actually got that album as like, like a review, like a demo review mailer when I was working at my college station. Mm-hmm. So like, I threw it on. Oh, that's like, cool. This is a cool cover. And I threw it on and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And then it just came out and like, I mean, they are kind of niche, I feel, but there's a lot of people who do like them. Mm-hmm. That, when they played the Riviera like a year ago, that show was packed. I mean, they oversold they it. Did, well, they <laughs> and also, the air conditioner was broken. Ooh, well, Damn. That sounds like the but no, it was great. That sounds like the worst show to ever go the, to. <laughs> they also did the free Millennium Park show. Oh, really? Too, this past summer. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. 
And I know that there was a lot of people there. I think they played Summerfest too. Yeah. Yeah. One of my other ones uh, is Hardcore. Code Orange Forever. (laughs) I don't know. No? No. They are arguably one of the only like hardcore bands right now with a female in it. She doesn't sing. She's just a guitarist. But just in it. They're, she's they're <laughs> in it. But the music is great. Again, I don't really listen to like hardcore metal mm-hmm. very much so, mm-hmm. but I found this band also because I got a mailer at my college radio station before they got big. Yep. And we were doing ticket giveaways for the show. I think it was at Beat Kitchen. So this is like 2016, 2017. And to see how much that they've like gone up. And like their Twitter presence is weird because they have like these very like weird, ominous noises and kind of like creepy, freak you out, like promo like things. But nice. they also work with Adult Swim. And like Toonami yeah. a lot too. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I, I know mean, exactly what this band sounds like now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're so good. Eric Andre is in this band. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, my next Ani Menchi is uh, Danger Days. Good. Okay. <laughs> it's on there mainly because good. thinking of it overall, it is, this is going to be very spicy take for some people. I don't think it had as big as a cultural impact as Black Parade or Three Chairs did. Well, no. Comparatively. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I mean, I liked it when it came out. You're not going to get any pushback on that. Yeah. Okay, 2005 good. was a much stronger year for emo music than anything in the yeah. last decade. I mean, decade. I came late, so, but I believe God it. God damn it. <laughs> What's your next one? Ben Zinger's The Impossible. Yes. The Impossible Pass, 100%. Okay. Um, the Used Vulnerable. Nice. Oh. What? I said no. Excuse said me? no. I don't like that. We gotta go, Connor. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, um, I looked at the use and I'm like, they did not release anything that's... I, I feel like vulnerable because that's when they started to mix in like electro, like poppy, like backings. And I really liked it. I know a lot of people who didn't like it. And again, it's it came at a time when that was getting popular. And while like the rest of their albums following that, uh-huh. like were not that great. Um... Not a spicy take at all on that. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, you've, you've hurt no one's feelings. With I that. literally nobody's feelings except for Burt McCracken. Imagine how many feelings did not get hurt by that. Negative people. Negative. <laughs> but um, I really love. I really love Vulnerable. Honestly, as an album, a hundred percent. From Bottoms, Talent of the Hawk. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think that again. I think Front Bottoms arguably could be. This is a spicy take that we can wait till I get to my last one, but um, I think that they are a band of a decade because they introduced more folk yeah. aspects to punk into the mainstream that made people pick up on it more, aka like fucking Hobo Johnson over here, and it made it He's more not like here. <laughs> I just liked the goddamn record, but I think Front Bottoms made it popular again, yeah, and like made it normal to get into that. What also opened Red. up, like, the popularity of bands like, um, I don't know, like, I mean, McCafferty. They were the first thing that came to my mind, but they were, like, they're, like, a front bottoms ripoff. Um, but, like, Modern Baseball and all of those kinds of bands, right? Like, core dude bands, as I like to call them. Yeah, <laughs> like, they all kind of got big around the same time, and I think front bottoms were very much, I mean, they have come out on top. Um, that's a front bottoms album. There you um, go. And they've 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 had the longest run of those bands, um, but I think they were kind of like the pioneers of that type of stuff. Oh yeah, I big time. That's that. why I would like to argue with anybody about that. I mean, I don't think on any, the street. Just on the argue street, with anybody. let's go. Yeah. Oh my god. My last Arnie Venchi is uh, Creeper, Eternity in Your Arms. It was their only 
album that they put out, the rest that they had EPs. They're like my Spanish love songs. Like I started nice. following them like when they came out, and I saw their first show at Beat Kitchen here in Chicago. It was their first time in the states. Oh, that's cool. And I like came up I was like, oh my god, I love you guys, and like they were so nice. And like I went to the last, the other few times that they played around Chicago, and they remembered me. Mm-hmm. And I saw them at Warped Tour. Like, oh my god, you're here! I'm like, oh my god, you're here! This is great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I even Group saw them hug. in New York. Oh, cool! I bought a ticket. Water park. They were opening for water parks, which I don't like water parks whatsoever. And again, you will get no pushback. I, I know. Yeah. I will get absolutely yeah. zero pushback. <laughs> I'll push you forward with that uh, comment. <laughs> but I really wanted to see Too Close to Touch because they were opening, and then Creeper was playing. So we bought tickets because it was sold out show so we bought tickets to facebook me and my two other friends and we went and i was like we don't really need to stay in water parks <laughs> no um but this album is like your modern day like dramatic emo that's what it is they they say that they are a horror give me punk a band. comparison like if you mixed the dramatics of like mcr and if you have the horror punk of what was the now disgraced Aiden. Yeah. They are disgraced. They are very disgraced. Mm-hmm. But that's like the vibe. And that's why I liked it because they also kind of came at a time where Aiden was like falling out big time because they were very, William Patrol's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Correct. And Aiden was one of my favorite bands. Really? Ever. Like it was like My Chem, Fall Out Boy, Jonas Brothers, Aiden, <laughs> The Used. Like that's my hierarchy. What an excellent dinner party. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? But so when I that fell out, I was like, what? <laughs> you think Frank Iron would fight Joe Jonas after this? No, one? they're best friends now. God, I fucking hope so. I hope that I saw Joe Jonas at MCR you know and that, I didn't. You know that they were back in their like the rehearsal like, space. And and Frank's just like, hey, dude. Shut up. <laughs> I will kick your ass. Hey, I'm short, but I'm spry. <laughs> but uh, I think that for me, that was Creeper. And I think mm-hmm. that they kind of keep it going. Nice. And I really love it. I think they just came back too. So we'll see what their see next what album or EP, whatever they put out, ends up being. Yeah. Do you have a, a band like that that you that you kind of saw from the beginning and they've, they've blossomed into something beautiful? Um... <laughs> Come something beautiful. Oh. No, not so much. Nothing that I'm like. I would. I would go anywhere to see them. I have seen. It's actually. I, I've added a couple Ani mentions to my uh, my thing now. Um, Frank Turner kind of started mm. very like low key in the U.S. because he was obviously a U.K. artist, and so he was much bigger over in the U.K. Yeah. And he started coming out here and had like a bunch of like smaller stuff that I went to, but. No, like even then it was still like, yeah, he he was playing smaller stuff, but it was like he was also playing Riot Fest. It's right. like you're not yeah. you're not like that small, really. So no, I don't I don't think so. It's never been like to watch them awesome blossom into mm-hmm. a into a to undergo chrysalis and become a beautiful butterfly. Um beautiful musical butterfly. A music mu- <laughs> Say that ten times fast. Beautiful musical butterfly. Um yeah, I'll just throw out my two Ani mentions that I thought of. Um, a Flash Flood of Color by Enter Shikari. Uh, mm, cool. I was, so my band back in the day, I was like really into EDM and also into metal. And I was like, yeah, these two worlds are very easy to connect to one another. Because mm-hmm. like there's just hard hitting like synth 
beats and it's the same with like guitars. Yeah. So you just combine those two together and there were a lot of bands that were like, we can do it. We can get in the lab and we can mix these chemicals together and come up with something beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ender Shikari was always that band. It's like, yeah, we were doing like drum and bass and techno mixed with our music since we started. So when they put out an album after like the big EDM hit, it was like still not going that full like dubstep route. It was very like, we're still doing drum and bass. We're still the exact same band. We're maybe doing it a little bit harder, but we're also putting really good songs around it, which like you can't forget that like just doing genre melding doesn't make a good album. Right. You still have to like do the genres that are like in your own way by honoring where the genres came from and then creating something good out of that. Mm -hmm. And so Ener Shikari was definitely like that band that like, hey, don't just... Don't just make dubstep wobbles because you can. And I was like, hmm, yes, interesting. But I can, so I will. <laughs> um, my old band was fine. So uh, that would be one. And then uh, my other one would be Frank Turner, uh, England Keep My Bones. That was just my choice. Most of his albums came out within the last decade, mm-hmm. so you could kind of pick any of them. Tape Deck Heart is another really yeah, good that's, that's album. That's like. Um, I think that's really where he like got into more of like his big like mainstream mm. thing. England Keep My Bones just be mine because it felt like this is still like the angry kid writing yeah. poetry album before everything got very like mainstream artistry of it. Um, so that's the only reason I picked that. But I think you could pick any Frank Turner album and it'd be the album of the decade because mm. he's just a fucking brilliant artist. Yeah, yeah he is. He's incredible. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to mention about these albums of the last decade, or should we uh, should we wrap this? There's so many they albums. There's, There's so, so much music that happens in ten years. Yeah. What did you do over the last ten years? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to these albums. Yeah, that's what I did. There's so much shit. So if we missed anything because we did, uh, go on our social media and yell at us, and please give us just all the spicy takes that you have. If anyone mentions a Kanye album, just stop. Yeah, like yeah. Connor's coming for you. Be like Connor. Just, stop it. Just stop. Granted, I'm a hypocrite because I ha- I'm the only one that had a Kanye album in my list. But, but he doesn't want to hear anymore. I don't want to hear anymore. No. Yeah. No. no Although more. he it's did, that one he did just it. come out with a finger wag. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no opinions. It. He did just I come mean, out with the Sunday service recording. Oh God. Oh God. We're not listening to that. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna listen to it. We're, oh, leave, no. we're leaving Kanye in this decade. Um, oh man! Yeah, go on our go on our uh, all of our social medias and uh, let us know what your album of the decade is, and uh, we will see you. This album's already going to come out in twenty twenty, so we'll see this you album? over th- this album. This, this uh, guys, this podcast is going to be released as a full album. <laughs> That's uh, all been EPs before this. This yeah, is the debut we're, album. We're doing a full album, like front to back, cohesive message from this podcast. <laughs> Uh, this pod will already be in 2020 so we'll see you over the course of this year and from all of us here at the Emo Social Club Podcast I'm Brian I'm Lizzie I'm Connor hey yeah I got it I learned it and goodbye